Hello, everyone. This is Jonathan Little, and I'm here today with the 67th episode of Weekly Poker Hand. And in today's episode, I will be showing you a relatively out-of-line bluff that did not work. And I know that a lot of poker players love to brag about their bluffs to succeed. And, you know, some of the bluffs that I've shown throughout the first 66 episodes in this podcast have succeeded. But in this episode, you'll see one that does not go too well at all. And this episode is brought to you by my newest book, Excelling at No Limit Hold'em. One of the chapters in this book by Alex Fitzgerald deals a lot with getting out of line and applying pressure on your opponents in spots where they cannot defend too well. And I actually learned a lot from his chapter. And I'm confident that if you are trying to learn to get out of line and apply pressure, his chapter will be very beneficial to you. You can get Excelling at No Limit Hold'em at holdembook.com. I will be doing a webinar you can attend for free with Alex Fitzgerald. At some point over the next year, you can go to holdembook.com, H-O-L-D-E-M-B-O-O-K.com to sign up for the free webinars and also to get a free bonus chapter to the book that I think you will enjoy. So let's see how I figure out a way to bluff off these chips. We are playing the same 5,000 euro event from the previous few weeks. Make sure you watch those if you have not already. We're playing 100, 200 still, so very deep stacked. We have 40,000 chips. Tight aggressive French guy raises under the gun to 450. So I assume this is going to be a relatively strong hand. Certainly nothing trashy like 4-3 suited like the loose aggressive Asian kid was doing earlier. And they fold around to me in the small blind with ace-nine suited. And I think this hand is just a little bit too good to fold. I'm going to be defending or it's not really defending, I guess, from the small blind. I'm going to be calling with a lot of hands that have equity from the small blind and the big blind when we are very deep stacked. And ace-nine suited is a hand that will set your opponent up a decent amount of the time whenever you make two pair or when you make a flush. And you have to be very aware that hands like this are do not actually flop great if you're trying to flop a hand like top pair. If you make top pair, either the ace or the nine, you have to recognize that you could easily be crushed either by an overpair when you make a nine or by a better ace when you have top pair of aces. So as long as you are aware of that ahead of time and you know you're not just going to blindly pay your opponent off for three streets if you make top pair, this hand is a very profitable hand to play. But if you're going to be check calling down every single time when you make one pair, this will be a very costly hand to play. So know what you're getting yourself into before you make this call. Big blind folds. I think big blind should be calling a lot of the time preflop at 100, 200 when it's only 250 more. But if he has either a big card and a little card like queen two offsuit or just trashy low cards like nine, four, he can certainly fold. So flop comes 10, eight, seven. I have ace nine of hearts. There are no hearts on the flop. I check my opponent bets 800, which I think he will do with a lot of his range. And I decide to raise to 2200. And this is an excellent flop for me to be check-raising because if I have a hand like a set or two-pair or straight, I want to get a lot of money in the pot. But also, notice that my opponent really should not have connected too well with this board unless he has an overpair, and pretty exclusively an overpair, or perhaps tens, eights, or sevens. He's probably not raising jack-nine from under the gun. And if he has a hand like queens, for example, he's in a really crappy spot. If you run that range I just told you that I could could be check-raising with, plus random hands like 10-9, um, 9-8, 9-7, then maybe a hand like 5-4 or 6-5. I would probably turn those into bluffs. 
and also any hand with a nine, like ace nine, king nine, queen nine. If if you run pocket queens against that range, you'll see that he's in okay shape, but at the same time, he's going to be playing for a huge amount of chips, and I get the opportunity to decide whether or not I want to bluff. And also, there are some cards I'm frequently just going to win on. It's like, say, turn is a nine, I'll continue bluffing to try to get him off that overpair again, because then he's probably going to end up folding a hand like pocket queens or kings or aces. So this is a great spot to check raise. It's a scenario where the board should be way better for me than it should be for my opponent. And whenever that is the case, you usually want to turn your hand into a bluff. And ace nine is certainly a reasonable bluff hand. So I make it 2200, somewhat large, and he calls. Again, I'm trying to apply a lot of pressure. Turns a queen. And I just said, you know, he could have pocket queens. But notice he could also have something like pocket jacks, pocket aces, maybe even a call. He he could even call with a hand like ace 10 or jack 10. And this card doesn't help a lot of those hands. The only hand this actually helps is pocket queens. Um, Pocket jacks improves to a... I guess I already had a gut shot. Um, so yeah, this is a scenario where this is effectively a blank and it's a it's a good card to continue betting. But if I do bet this turn, I need to know that I'm going to be betting the river a lot of the time because I do think a lot of players will stubbornly call the turn with aces or kings every time, maybe even with a hand like pocket jacks or pocket nines, although I have a nine in my hand, so that's somewhat unlikely. So I definitely want to bet this. And when I'm betting this turn, I am generally planning to jam the river because I think that's going to get my opponent to fold a lot of the time. That being said, you have to be careful with taking lines that you are only taking with a bluff because notice I'm probably not jamming the river if I actually have a straight because I expect my opponent to fold. So if I expect my opponent to fold to a big bet, I want to be betting smaller with my nut hands. But if I have no bluffs in that range, then my opponent can start to exploit me pretty hard. That being said, we're playing against random players who I do not know, and they are certainly not thinking, oh, he's going to jam with his nuts and or jam with his bluffs and check uh, bet small with his nuts. That's, that's not what your opponent's thinking. They don't know anything about your bet sizing. You have to realize that when you are playing poker, especially live poker. If you're playing against the same guys on a very regular basis, and they're very, very good, then you need to be concerned with balance. But if you're playing against a random guy in a tournament who you've never seen, who probably doesn't even know who you are, balance goes completely out the window. Just make the play that you think will result in the result you want. And I do think that betting turn and then betting large on the river will get that result. So I bet 3,500 on the turn he calls. Pot's 12,500. Opponent has 14,000 left. River is a two of clubs. A pretty crappy turn. And I decide to go all in. Looks like my replayer is going a little bit too fast on me. (laughs) And um, my opponent does call with pocket eights for a set. So I I like my all-in on the river. In that scenario, the pot was 12,000, and I had to bet 14,000 to go all-in. I think if I bet something like 8,000, my opponent may be way more inclined to make a hero call with a pan like pocket aces or even ace-10, thinking, well, I'm getting okay pot odds, I guess I need to call. And if I lose, I'll still have 6,000 chips, which isn't a lot, but it is something. And you don't want to give your opponent the opportunity to make very cheap call downs, unless you think they're the type of player who will fold to a smaller bet because they think that you would obviously bet bigger if you were bluffing. And those players do come up, but usually they're not tight, aggressive French guys. Usually these are very good online kids who you can get away with the cheap bluffs 
against. So I do go all in any calls. He did have pocket eights. I don't think anyone's ever folding a set here. Of course, he loses to tens and jack nine, but he beats pretty much everything. And I actually like the way my opponent played his hand. I think he played it very well. I don't know if he played it well because he was afraid that he was beat or if he played it well because he was blatantly trapping me. But either way, it certainly worked out. I think if you recognize your pocket eights is the nuts here and you are never trying to fold it, then I really love his play. If the turn or the river is a jack, a nine, or a six, I think my opponent is actually in a pretty crappy spot, and I think he at least should consider folding on some of those cards. But beyond that, I, I think he has he just cannot fold, and he didn't. So I think the opponent played his hand very well. Notice that whenever I did lose this hand, I still had 20,000 chips, which is two-thirds of a starting stack. And certainly not... I'm nowhere near out. And whenever you are running big bluffs, it's very important to give yourself a little bit of a backup plan if your bluff fails. And this could either be in the form of bluffing nowhere near all in, like I did right here, or making your bluffs a little bit smaller so that by the time you get to the river, you don't have to go all in. Um, Notice I could have sized my bets on the flop to turn in the river a little bit smaller, and that would have allowed me to bluff cheaper on the river. But that really was not what I was trying to accomplish in this hand because I knew I would be left with 20,000 even if this bluff completely failed on all three streets. So I like the way I played the hand, and unfortunately my opponent had effectively the absolute top of his range. And whenever you have the very top of your range, you are never trying to fold. If my opponent had a hand like pocket aces, I don't know if he would have folded, but I think he would have strongly considered it. And if he had a hand like pocket kings, I think he would have considered it as well. And then I think hands like jack 10, ace 10, random ace queen, if you call my flop raise, although I don't think that's really likely. Um, Those hands are almost certainly all going to fold to the river shove. So even though it did not work this time, quite often I do think this play will be profitable. So that's going to be it for this week. There is one more hand left in this series where I'm going through hands from this 5,000 euro European Poker Tour main event. Be sure to check back next week, and I will talk to you then.